you're going to see that the world actually offers to you the exact opposite of what the true light of Christmas offers to you. The true light of Christmas, meaning Jesus, offers to you and I as believers things that the world actually offers the exact opposite. So the three things I want to look at today and discuss for a few minutes is the true light of Christmas, Jesus, offers to you and he offers to me, one, life, and we'll define that here in just a moment and go a little bit deeper. He offers to us security, so we'll go into that a little bit deeper, and he offers to you and me and these are just three things. It's not, this list is not limited to these three things. So life, security, and lastly, freedom. In Christ, we find life, security, and freedom. So let's just go to number one, life. And what you'll find is the world will actually offer to you the exact opposite, and we'll break them down point by point. So in Christ, let me just read to you John chapter 1. I'm going to read four verses really quick, and then we're going to pull from these four verses the things that I want to discuss for a moment. So John chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. If you want to write these down, if you want to hold them in your Bible, that's fine. But I'm going to read through them quickly so that we can move along. John chapter 1, verses 4 through 5 tells us this. In him... Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John chapter 8, verse 12, we read, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whenever you turn to John chapter 12, verse 46, we read, that Jesus has come into the world as light, so whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. And lastly, if you go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, this is what we see. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we, are, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Anybody thankful for that? That the blood of Christ cleanses you from all your sin? The sin that people know about, the sin that you try to hide, or the sin that you try to cover up, the sin that you do in the private, mar- private parts of your life? Thank God that he cleanses us from all sin. So let's talk about life. In Christ, we know that Jesus himself said that whoever believes in him would have eternal what? Life and never die. So in Jesus, we find life. And we find life in two ways. One, we find eternal life so that whoever believes in him would actually never die but have eternal life. Here's what you find the world offers to you. The world actually offers to you what? Death. Live the life you can. Live it up to whatever you want. Chase your dreams. Follow your heart. Live it up for as long as you can. And at the end of this, guess what? It's all over. Right? I mean, that is essentially what the world offers to you and me. Make all the money that you can. Build the biggest house that you can. Own the nicest things that you can. Give all that you can. But essentially, whenever you get to a certain point in life, whether it happens by tragedy or by just the the time in which life goes on and by natural causes, eventually we're all going to breathe our last breath. So Christ offers to you and me eternal life where the world offers to you and me an expiration date. To one of these days, you and I are all going to find ourselves in that particular moment. 
to where we, unless Christ comes back, will breathe our last breath here and now. But if you and I are a born-again follower of Jesus, we have heaven to look forward to. For Jesus himself said, whoever believes in me will never die. But we don't always just have forever to look forward to. We actually also have the fullness of life here and now. Jesus said that the thief comes to what? Still kill and destroy. But I came to give life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly isn't always measured in the fact that we have more finances or we have greater health than, than we used to or we have increased in wealth than our neighbors. The abundance of life that Jesus offers to us is the fullness of life. To literally get the fullness of life that you and I can possibly get. So that I can live my life here and now full. But let's be honest, whether you're a believer or not, And if you are here today and you are not a believer, then I'm thankful that you are here because as we discuss these three things, you're going to get to see what Jesus can offer to you versus what the world has in store. First is life. Whether you're a believer or not, you're going to hurt, right? I mean, if you're a believer in Christ or you're not, you're going to lose family and friends due to death, right? We've all been in funeral homes. Raise your hand if you've been to a funeral home. Raise your hand if you've been in, in a hospital or a nursing home or you've cried tears because of pain and sorrow. That happens to us whether we are believers or we are not. We all experience financial hardship at times. We, whether you are a believer or not does not cover you from financial hardship or an economy crash or a new election or, or whatever the case may be. So there are things in life that whether you are a believer or not, you're going to experience just as the opposite will. The beauty is, in Christ, we have one, heaven to look forward to, but two, we can experience the fullness of life here and now. Meaning, whenever days look dark, I still have the light of the world. Even when hard times come my way and I endure hardships or difficulties actually come and they are standing before me, I can still have peace even if it looks like everything is spiraling out of control. If an economy crash happens and and all of our investments go down the drain, guess what? We can still have joy. Now, if you are a non-believer, this is what you have to look forward to. So if an economy crashes, or if policies change, or if things happen before you, you lose family and friends, this is what you have to look forward to. It's essentially live it up while you can, because it's not going to last very long. Whereas a Christian, we actually live by the opposite, do we not? We're going to cherish every moment that we have here, because we know it's not for very long. And eternity is forever, therefore we're going to take our time here on earth and make the most of it. We're going to glorify God in all we can. We're going to give to the needy all that we can. We're going to love our kids and our family and our friends. And we're going to serve and we're going to worship him because one of these days we will be with him away from all of these extra things forever. So Christ offers to us life, life eternally and life fully here and now. Even when life hurts, we still have joy. Do we not? Even when life is hard, We still have comfort and peace. Even when life is dark, we still have a little bit of light offered to us only in Christ. Apart from him, our life is dictated by what stands before us. Which leads me to point number two. Whenever we find in the true light of Christmas, we find security. See, in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, I read just a moment ago that in him was life and the light was the light of men. 
the light, what? Shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Meaning, there is no force in this world that can overpower Christ. So, whenever I follow Christ, whenever I am a born-again believer, and I am a disciple of Jesus, I am secure from anything that this world may bring to me. And the reality is, the devil is going to try even harder to destroy me and to destroy you. If you are a follower of Jesus, he wants you. If you're already his child, he doesn't have to work very hard, does he? I mean, you're already living in the desires of your flesh. You're already giving into the temptations of this world. You're already rejecting the gospel message of Jesus and, and not surrendering yourself, surrendering yourself to him. But as a believer of Jesus, guess what? He's coming for you. The thief comes to what? Still kill destroy. This is what the devil wants. He wants to destroy my marriage. You know that? He wants to destroy yours. He wants to rob you of a lifelong covenant relationship with the one that you said I do to. That's what he wants. Because then he can ultimately not just destroy your marriage, but then affect generations to come. Then after he affects generations, he's going to rob you of the joy that you may have had one time with your spouse or with your kids or going to church and worshiping the Lord. And, and he wants to still kill and destroy. He wants me to never preach again. Because he knows every time I preach, it's not for my own glory, but it's a reminder to him that he almost had me. But guess what? He doesn't anymore, right? Every time that you sing songs to the Lord, every time you pray, every time you open up his word and you read and you study and you share, it is a almost a slap in the face to our enemy because you are reminding him over and over and over that you are secure by the blood of the Lamb. So in Christ, I have security. Well, what do you have in the world? Nothing. What was that? <laughs> it's just the kids. <laughs> They're secure, all right? <laughs> we got all the doors locked. But the world does not offer us any security. Here's what the world offers. Let's just talk about the world. Is anyone here ready to get out of this world? <laughs> anyone here ever want to move to a, another world, right? Here's what this world offers. The economy's going to crash. Everyone should panic, right? Just panic. Sell everything. Don't invest. Don't build. Don't buy. Interest rates are sky high. Everybody should just panic because the economy's up in the air. Oh, you know what next year is, right? Election year. Election year in this world means that we should no longer continue to strive to grow closer. We should actually divide even further apart. So if you're on this side, you're over here. But if you're on this side, you better stay over here. There is no middle ground. There is no happy medium. There's no relationship between this party and this party. So election year, this world offers us no security, but actually offers us division. So if you vote this way, you better not like the people that vote this way, right? Worldwide pandemic. This is what the world offers to us. Everyone live in fear for the rest of your life, right? Just live in fear, be afraid to be around people, be afraid to go anywhere, trust the government with all of your decision-making, right? That's always good. But, but anyway, now we also live in a day and age in which people are fearful of their livelihoods because of them calling a boy a boy and a girl a girl, right? Now we live in that day. Now we have that world to live in. So essentially, but guess what? I don't care. I don't care. Because 
I know that in Christ, as he is the light, and as I follow the light, there is no darkness that can overcome it. So it doesn't matter what pain may feel, or what pain I may feel in my pocketbook if the economy crashes. It doesn't matter what form of persecution I may face whenever I say a boy is a boy, or a girl is a girl, or a husband is a husband, wife is a wife, or vice versa. There, it doesn't matter because the light shines in the darkness. This world that you and I live in that offers to us no security is full of darkness. And if the light shines in the darkness, the darkness we just read will what? Never overcome it. So if I am in Christ, it doesn't matter what circumstances are staring me in the face. I'm secure. It doesn't matter what punishment we may experience because we preach the gospel in a day in which the world rejects it. It doesn't matter if I train up my children to follow the order of God's word and the way in which he ordained it. Because I am secure by Christ. So here's what I want you to do. If you are in Christ, if you are a born-again believer with all of the chaos running around the world right now, you can actually just take a breath and let it run its course because darkness will always breed darkness. Darkness will always present to you more Darkness. So if you find yourself sometimes getting caught up by the news channels and by the headlines and by the Facebook posts and by the, by the X remarks and comments or the retweets or whatever it is that you do, you might find yourself actually falling into the trap of the darkness. So if you are in Christ, you can actually take a step back and breathe knowing that in him you are secure, not just of pain or punishment that you may face, but ultimately that there is no darkness that will ever overpower our Lord. So that also means that even when the devil tries to come at you personally, if you remain in Christ, stand firm in his word, and you walk in step with his spirit, you will always be able to pick up the shield of faith and to repel the darts of the enemy. That you will always be able to, as Brian said, find yourself in face of temptation, face of sinfulness, and to turn around and find the way of escape that the Lord provides. Because he is our good father who protects and who secures his children. So in the Lord we find security, in the world we find absolute chaos. Lastly, lastly in the world, or in the Lord, we find freedom. First John chapter 5, we read that in this message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, I want you to make note of this particular point next. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, this is addressing the hypocrites. This is addressing the people that walk in the light around the church people or on Sundays, but wander in darkness the rest of their lives. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we actually lie and do not practice what? The truth. But... If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we understand that sin is what separates you and me from the Lord. So if I choose to reject the free gift of salvation in Christ and just wander in darkness and live in my own sinfulness, then I will be a rightful recipient of his eternal wrath in a place we know as hell, and I will be separated from him forever. And that is no one's fault but whose? mine. Because I chose to live in my sinfulness and to reject the free gift of life and to repent of my sin and surrender myself to him. So we understand that sin is what separates us from God. Therefore, we need a savior who can break the chains of sin. Now, Jesus said that those who practice sin, 
are what? Enslaved to it. Let's be honest. Some of us at one point in our life, and maybe even to this very moment in time, are pretty good sin practicers, right? We are good at practicing sin. But here's the two things that we get to look at. In Christ, we can look at freedom when it comes to our sinfulness. Because we can be cleansed from all sin, the Bible says. This means two things. One, I can be saved from the eternal punishment of my sin, which is death. Secondly, I can be freed from, cleansed from, forgiven of, and and saved from the immediate consequences of my sin. So let's just talk about what the world offers. The world actually offers to us more enslavement to sin. So if you wander in darkness, if you find yourself just walking in the ways of the world, you will find yourself wandering more and more and more in sin, right? See, what starts with just a little bit becomes more, and it becomes more, and it becomes more. And we can discuss that in numerous ways. We can discuss it in alcoholism, which started with a drink or two, turns into an addiction, turns into a nightly occurrence, turns into a regular habit or rhythm of our life. We can talk about what happened with just a little desire of finding happiness or some kind of satisfaction outside of our marriage, where we may not felt that intimacy, right? We can talk about how a little thought or a little website search turned into desires, and those desires actually came birth, birthing heinous acts due to our own temptation and due to our lack of discipline and self-control. I mean, we can talk about how if you and I wander in darkness, we will find ourselves actually wandering further and further and further into it. And what we will see is what started with a little bit meaning and no harm will actually be the, the result and the reason of our own destruction. And what we had intended of no nothing serious will actually be what causes us to find ourselves in bankruptcy, divorce, maybe even both. So you and I have two options. We can walk according to the light and we can be set free from the ultimate wrath to come and also be saved from the consequences that our sinfulness would actually bring to us here and now. Because the blood of the Lamb cleanses us from all of our sin. Meaning, if I were to continue in that particular sin, it would lead to my own destruction. But Jesus not only gives me heaven over hell, he also gives me freedom now and saving grace here and now. To where I don't have to find myself three years from now in the battle of... I don't have to find myself recovering through bankruptcy. I don't have to find myself. And that's what Jesus offers. But the world offers us more and more enslavement. Because the world wants you to be a very good sin practicer. The world wants you to enjoy the desires and the, and the satisfaction that sinfulness brings to you. But I am here to tell you that sinfulness, the more you search it, the more you wander in it, the more you enjoy it, you will find yourself more and more and more broken. And you will find yourself pushed further and further into the darkness that Jesus came to save you from. One of the things that we talked about this week, question was posed to the girls during our Advent reading. What does it mean to you that Jesus is the light of your life? I mean, what does it mean to you that Jesus is the light of your life? We know that Jesus being considered the light of the world or the true light of Christmas, it, it, it talks about the holiness and the righteousness of who he is because sinfulness is dark, evil is dark. Darkness is full of everything that is opposing or opposite to Jesus. 
And I couldn't help but to think that Jesus being my light means that I always have something to look at. I always have something to follow and to emulate. Jesus being the light of my world means that I actually have hope that who I once was doesn't have to be who I always am. Jesus being the light of my life tells me that I can stand firm even in a day of uncertainty knowing that I am secure in him. I don't care what the doctors tell me. I don't care what the politicians feed me. I don't care what the TV channels try to inform me of. I know in Christ that I can do all things. I know that in Christ I can face any form of persecution, punishment, or even disease. I know in Christ I can even stand at the brink of death knowing that I am secure. I know that in Christ I have life, not just forever, but I have the abundance of life now. See, the abundance of life is actually shared by the rich and by the poor. Did you know that? There are poor people that are much happier than very many rich people. And they have nothing or very little. But they understand the riches of God's mercy and His grace aren't always measured by a dollar amount or an investment percentage. But the mercies of God are oftentimes given to us and the grace of God is oftentimes given to us in things that we cannot measure with numbers. So I know that in Christ it doesn't matter how much money or how little money is in the bank or if my cards are going to make it or if that check bounces like I was playing point guard. It doesn't matter, right? Because I have the fullness of Christ in my wife, in my children, and in this particular house right here. I need nothing else. I I get to wake up every day to the woman that I swept off her feet or pushed her over off her feet. But but anyway, I I got her, right? I got her. And and with this thing right here, guess what? She's here, right? (laughs) She ain't going nowhere. But I praise God for her. I look at my kids, my kids are far from perfect, right? Thank God they, they look like mom, but we pray because they act like dad, all right? Uh, pray because they act, but guess what? Even in the midst of hardships, even in the midst of disciplining my kids and being so frustrated at the way they respond to each other or, or punch each other in the face or, or disobey or don't pick up their dirty clothes, whatever the case is, I am blessed beyond measure and I get to experience the fullness of life there, there. I get to come into here weekly. And as Brian said, he's on a stage that he's undeserving of. I'm behind a pulpit that I am far from deserving of. But I get to experience the fullness of life because people come to worship together and I get to serve alongside of some of the best people that you can find and some of the people that may not have it all together. They may not have everything in line in their lives, but they are hungry for the Lord. And that alone is the fullness of life that Jesus meant whenever he said, I came to give life and more abundantly. So if you were to look around your life right now, you can actually rest assured in Christ that you are living a fuller life than many people. You can wake up on a daily basis, regardless of what the news channel looks like, regardless of what the Facebook posts read like, regardless of what the politicians are telling you or what world leaders are trying to influence, you can take a breath and ensure and know that you are living the fullness of life. 
So here's what I want you to do. What does it mean to you for Christ to be the light of your life? Do you experience not just eternal life, but do you truly cherish the fullness of life that God has given you? It may not be very bright all the time, but it's still bright enough, right? It may not always feel good, but it's still bright enough. Do you truly understand and walk in faith, knowing that in Christ you are secure? Whatever weapon may be formed against you shall never prosper. Whatever enemy stares at you will never overpower you if the Spirit of God, because greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. So if the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, it doesn't matter what forces stare me down. And do you truly cherish and understand the freedom that Christ can offer to you? The freedom of knowing I don't have to live eternally separated, but I also can be rescued from the consequences that my sinfulness could have brought. Some of us could praise the Lord for hours for saving us from the consequences that we should have actually walked in, right? We've all been there. So what does it mean to you that Jesus is the light of your life? Let's pray.